there. Welcome back into another episode of the Lions Edge Week 18 NFL edition of the Lions Edge podcast by BetMGM. We made it. We made it to the end of the season. My name is Chase Kitty. My partner, Andrew Dowdy, is out this week. He is learning how to spearfish in Majorca, which must be nice. I am in Richmond, Virginia. Breaking down NFL point spreads like I always am when I'm not dealing with construction in my house, which I have been dealing with all week so far. My house is dusty. It looks like, uh, I don't know how many of you guys have played like weird indie games. Anybody that's played I Am Alive, it's just like a vague apocalypse. You don't really know anything except everything is dusty everywhere, every city, all the time. That's what my house looks like right now. Anyway, week 18 of the NFL, we're getting right into it today with one brief prologue, and that is this. If you took my advice on the FCS National Championship game, which is this weekend, Saturday, I'm not sure off the top of my head if it's ESPN or ABC, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other, it varies from year to year. If you are locked into North Dakota State versus Montana State. If you followed my advice weeks ago, about a month ago, I told you take Montana State at 20 to 1 to win the championship. And if you do, you are going to have a great hedge position for whoever comes out of the right side of the bracket. It's probably going to be either JMU or North Dakota State. That is exactly what happens. We've got Montana State, the Bobcats going against. North Dakota State, the Bison. Shout out to the uh, shout out to Colton Poole, who's coming on to write with us at BetMGM here in a couple of weeks. He, former former newspaper head in Fargo, now in Montana. So this is basically the Colton Poole Bowl. Uh, we are in a great position if you took the Montana State future because you've got it at twenty to one. Now you want to hedge out. Minus 350 at BetMGM right now. North Dakota State is on the money line. So go ahead, get out your calculators, figure out what you need to hedge out to have guaranteed profit, and uh, you're welcome for the money. You got both sides of the game. Congrats. Don't even have to watch it. I'm going to watch it. You should watch it, but you don't have to watch it. Just count your money later. NFL Week 18. I was surprised writing the notes for this episode because a lot of the time the last week of the season is really messy you don't know who's playing there's a bunch of garbage games a team that's got three wins is favored by nine points over a divisional champion because they're sitting all the starters it's just kind of a funky week a lot of years and there are certainly games like that this week Uh, but a lot of the games are are pretty straightforward Uh, you've got A lot of teams, I I guess because of the expanded playoffs, and we've got seven teams now on each side, a lot of teams still alive or still looking to to solidify some positioning or, hey, they can't necessarily gain anything by winning, but if they lose, they might drop a spot, have a less favorable matchup. So there are a lot of games still in play here, and you don't have to go sort through a bunch of 2D bullshit to figure out what you like and what you don't. So I'm going to go down my list here, um, starting with this, the, the big Monday night winner, of course, the Steelers getting the win in Ben Roethlisberger's 
final game at Heinz Field, what we think is going to be his final game as he prepares to retire. The Steelers are now going to close the regular season in Baltimore. Both teams still technically alive for the playoffs as of right now. They need a lot of help, and the reality is neither one of them are probably going to make it, but it's possible. I got to say, I was surprised to see the Steelers as five and a half point dogs here. I mean, we don't 100% know what Lamar Jackson's going to do. I would imagine with a line of five and a half, people are anticipating that he's going to play. I can't imagine the Ravens would be that big of favorites if Tyler Huntley was playing. So I'm assuming with this line, I'm anticipating having to bet on Lamar Jackson if I like the Ravens or bet against Lamar Jackson if I like the Steelers. And I really like the Steelers here. I, I have not exactly been Captain Terrible Towel this year. I've had a lot of shit to talk about Pittsburgh, and I, I take none of it back. I think my assessment was spot on. That said, this is way too many points for a Ravens-Steelers game. It's exactly what I said a month and a half ago when they played, right? You cannot give one team three and a half points in this matchup. I, I want to say... The last 19 games, the underdog is 17-2 and two against the spread. A lot of those are outright underdog wins. It's just too many points to give a Steelers team, especially when we don't know the health or status of the starting quarterback for the Ravens. So Pittsburgh plus 5.5 is the first play on the card. Take the points and expect, even if Pittsburgh loses, expect this to be a tight, low-scoring game, as it often is in Pittsburgh-Baltimore games. Steelers plus five and a half is your first play. Uh, Down the list here, another AFC game on the East Coast. I am surprised that Miami is getting six and a half points against the Patriots at home. That is a pretty big number. And I think what it is, is New England still has something to play for and Miami doesn't. And so they are tax. They're giving you a something to play for tax if you like the Patriots. But... We have seen what happens when the Patriots play, you know, decent teams. It it can be, you know, mixed, a mixed bag of of success. Mac Jones is not somebody that's going to win you the game. He's just going to game manage. And and that's fine. I think that's what the Patriots wanted. So that's not necessarily a knock on him. He is in a great position to go out and win rookie of the year unless Jamar Chase wins it. So no slander here. Just kind of acknowledging Mac Jones as your quarterback on the road, divisional opponent, um, abnormal weather that the Pats aren't used to playing in, and a team that beat them the first go-round in a tight, low-scoring affair, giving the Dolphins six and a half points. I I saw it at seven, I think, earlier today. It's at six and a half at BetMGM and pretty much six and a half consensus right now. Just the vigs are are varying a little bit from, from book to book. That's a lot of points to give Miami. Uh, This is a clear play for me for Miami. Yes, they are out of playoff contention, but they can still play to have a winning record. They're still playing to play spoiler against a team that they clearly don't like. I mean, there's just, there's a lot here that makes me think the Dolphins are live in the game. So I'm looking at Dolphins plus six and a half. And I'm looking at the money line as well, which as we're sitting here right now, Wednesday evening is Miami plus 240. Little sprinkle on top there. I think Miami is live in the game. Let's get ugly. Let's let's look at some bad stuff. Jacksonville is a 15 and a half point home underdog to the Colts. And I hear what you're saying. Chase, 
I am not going to bet on this awful Jacksonville team that hasn't covered a game, it feels like, since Clinton was in office, that somehow has gotten worse since Urban Meyer left. Trevor Lawrence looks lost. They just lost by a million to the Patriots last week. Why would I bet the Jaguars against a good team in the Colts that have everything to play for? The Colts have a playoff spot waiting for them, but they've got to close out the Jags here. Why would you back Jacksonville in the spot? Well, number one, it's just a great buy low spot after you give up 50 points to the Patriots. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, the Colts suck in Jacksonville. I don't know what to tell you. They're actually a really good road team this this year uh, against the spread. I mean, I think they've only failed to cover one road game this year. So that that part is kind of perplexing. But the the Jacksonville thing, it's it's remarkable how consistently the Colts stub their toe against Jacksonville. They haven't won a game against the Jaguars in Jacksonville since 2014. And I remember a couple of those, I had the Colts in eliminator picks and got absolutely smashed because they lost a game they were favored to win by a million points. The Jags beat Indianapolis in Jacksonville. That's just what they do. Even when they're bad, last year, the Jags were 1-15. You know what game they won? They beat the Colts in Jacksonville. That was it. They won that game. They lost every other game. And I want to say... That game was week one, too, so they started 1-0, beat the Colts, and then went 0-15 to close the year. This is what the Jags do. So, look, I'm not telling you to take the Jags on the money line, but Jacksonville plus 15.5 is a lot of points to give a team playing a divisional opponent that they can consistently beat. I would take a small play on Jacksonville here. Don't go crazy because, you know, it is the Jags. But Jacksonville is definitely in play this week. Another ugly one. Houston hosting the Titans in a very intriguing AFC South game. You know I'm AFC South Chase over here. It's fascinating because Houston, as bad as they are, they can go over their win total if they win this game. Tennessee can clinch the number one seed in the playoffs, which is remarkable if they win this game, and more on Tennessee's number one stuff probably in the next episode because it it just feels like I'm not a huge buyer of Tennessee, but the disrespect they're getting with the systemic advantages you have as as the only team with a buy in the AFC, I feel like next week we're going to have to talk about Tennessee to win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl just because of how much they're being overlooked. That's a topic for another day. For now, looking at this Texans-Titans game, I mean, I've seen people saying, well, a revenge spot for Tennessee. You know, they're going to want to get revenge for that loss to the Texans. I don't think you need any extra motivation when you can win and be the number one seed in the AFC. So that's kind of dumb. But I think the best way to attack this is actually like this little pseudo hedge that I've come up with. And I've heard some other people talking about different versions of this. This, I think is the best way to attack it mathematically. You can get Houston to win this game outright on the money line for plus 400, so four to one. That's one side. On the other side, if Tennessee wins, they're going to be the number one seed despite 
Losing Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator, despite a number of injuries that they had to deal with the second half of the season, they've had an incredible record as a dog this year outright. I think Mike Vrabel, if they win this game, is likely your coach of the year in the NFL. And if you look at the odds markets right now, Vrabel is about plus 400 to win coach of the year. So I like the idea of having the Texans at plus 400 to win this game and Mike Vrabel at plus 400 to win coach of the year. It's not an exact hedge, but it is sort of this pseudo hedge where if you're willing to make an assumption or two, they are virtually opposite sides of each other. So that's how I'm going to go ahead and attack this game is get Texan the, the Texans to win outright. And uh, if, if you're and then also buy the Vrabel ticket. And if you're looking for for like this pseudo middle opportunity, you could also take Vrabel to win coach of the year and then the Texans plus the 10 or the 10 and a half, whatever the number is when you are sitting down to listen to this. Uh, that could give you potentially both sides where the Titans win, the Texans cover, and Vrabel gets coach of the year because Tennessee is the number one seed in the AFC. So very interesting game there to break down both on the field and in terms of the handicapping. Another very ugly game. Buffalo against the Jets. This game is in Buffalo. The Bills are playing at home for the final time in the regular season. We imagine that they're going to win this game and play at least one home playoff game against a wild card team. So a lot of people after the Jets near upset of Tampa last week are coming around to this Jets team and they are the, the public. That is they are smashing the Jets as a massive underdog here. The Jets are getting 16 and a half points right now at BetMGM. massive amount of points. I want to say it's the biggest spread of the week, bigger even than the Jacksonville indie game which is telling, okay? It is telling that the Jets are a massive underdog here. It is telling that the public likes them so much. This is a spot to bet Buffalo. It's not my favorite bet of the game. I'll get to that in a minute. But the reason that this is a Buffalo bet, aside from just the fact that the Jets are a public dog, is that A, the Jets have a rookie quarterback, and rookie quarterbacks, I mean, they're not consistent like your Tom Brady's and your Aaron Rodgers' Or even, you know, it's it's like it's like Carson Wentz theory, but just more evenly distributed across every possible rookie. Like they're not consistent week to week. It's great that they had a night that Zach Wilson had a nice week against Tampa last week, but now they're going to go on the road to a fired as hell up Buffalo crowd, and he's probably not going to play as well. And if we know anything about Buffalo, it is that they smash bad teams. I have bet them, not even on the teaser, a straight, give me the full point spread, I'll lay it, straight bet. Pretty much every time this year, they have played a bad team. And with the exception of that weird Jacksonville game that nobody can really explain, Buffalo covers. They've covered both, uh, I believe they've covered both times against Miami, which not that that's a bad team, but they, I believe they covered the first Jets game. They've played other bad teams. I think they played Houston at some point. They killed the Texans. They cover against bad teams. This is what they do. So I would actually lean toward laying the 16 and a half if you're going to bet this game. Maybe put it in a teaser. I suspect that probably has something to do with how high this number is, is as well, is that the book is guarding against all these teasers that they got killed on in the first half of the season. 
consider a seven point teaser to get it under under the 10 fine but i would if you're going to bet this i would just lay the 16 and a half and trust that there's going to be negative regression for zach wilson and the jets offense that said probably not too much negative regression because if you look at where the jets offense has ranked especially over the second half of the season it's actually been pretty good. They are in the top half of DVOA for offensive production, uh, the, the Jets' offenses. So, I mean, their defense is, has not been good, which is kind of weird to watch because historically over the last 10 years, 12 years, whatever, all the way back to Rex Ryan, even when the Jets have been bad, they have had a good pass rush, a good defensive line, good defensive tackles, pretty solid defense. They'll give up a bucket load of points from time to time, but really it's just because their offense can't stay on the field, right? It's the offense that's been the problem. Not necessarily the case this year. Zach Wilson, perfect though he is not, has figured out a way to engineer some offensive production over the last half of the season. So I actually think my best bet from this Jets-Bills game, and maybe one of the best bets of the week, is over 41 in Jets Bills. And you're getting great value on this too because the number opens at 45 and a half and comes all the way down to 41. Four and a half points of line movement on the total through the key number of 42 all the way down to 41. Love this over. Love that it's a counterintuitive play. Love the value that I'm getting on it. Love that people are looking at it and thinking, ooh, Buffalo, January, inclement weather, cold divisional game no 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 that's that's going off of the the narrative or, or what you think the game is the numbers tell you that both of these teams are going to score offensively so i would look at over the first half number i would look at over 41 i would consider maybe some alt lines of like over 49 and a half so going above the key number and then getting the 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 extra odds boost on top of that I would think about all that here because this to me, it, it looks like, you know, 42 to 20 to me. It, it looks like a dramatic game where where both teams score 20 and the and the Bills cover. And this is just offense all over the place. Counterintuitive to what a lot of people think this game is going to look like. A couple more here. Uh, the Raiders are a three point dog at home in their season finale against the Chargers. So AFC West divisional game. I have not been awesome at handicapping the Raiders this year. I've gotten probably more right than I've lost, but still it has not been a team I have definitely had my finger on the pulse of. That said, I would bet the Raiders in this spot. Um, it, it feels like, you know, of all the ebbs and flows to the season that they've had, and they have certainly had a lot, it feels like they are ending this season up. And, you know, they had another incident with a with a player. I wouldn't call him a key player, but he is a defensive back that does get time on the field in, in certain sub packages uh, this week. Arrested for DWI. Uh, he's not going to be available. So, I mean, there's that that's in the news. I don't know how much I would actually factor that into a handicap. It's it's not like a dime back is, is worth, you know, X amount of points or anything. It's just another news cycle to add to the running tally of crap that has happened to that team this year. So Raiders plus three, it opens at two and a half. The number goes to three because a lot of people come in and bet the Chargers right away. And I I think the fact that the book is willing to take money on the Chargers 
as a road favorite at a square number at two and a half. You know I love to bet those two and a halves. Uh, I, I really like what the number tells me about betting the Raiders in this spot. So that's another one that I would look at is Las Vegas plus three as a home dog. Big time playoff implications in that one. Basically, the winner is is probably going to the playoffs and the loser, probably not. It'll depend on what happens in some other spots, I believe. Uh, th- this is the game that if you have uh, paid attention to Twitter, it's been very popular to point out that depending on what happens with some, with some other games uh, that happen before this one, technically both of these teams could come out and kneel the ball 32 times apiece, end in a 0-0 tie, and they would both make the playoffs. Uh, just sort of an interesting quirky NFL angle uh, on what that game is. It's not like I'm expecting that to happen, but uh, technically I guess it could. The last one that I've got my eye on in terms of spreads, uh, Kansas City minus the 10 in Denver. I came into this thinking Denver might be the play here. If you go back to the first Chiefs-Broncos game this year, uh, the Chiefs covered, but it was kind of funky They only scored one offensive touchdown and it was like early in the first quarter. And then they just kind of not coasted. They just Denver's defense had success stopping them. They kicked a bunch of field goals and then they get a late cover because they had a fourth quarter pick six. That's what ends up happening. This, I I think that number was nine and they won uh, like 22 to nine. So that's, that's how that plays out. This one even higher, 10, 10 and a half in some spots, 10 at BetMGM. So obviously bet the best number. That's with BetMGM right now. Get it at 10 and get it soon because just before I got on to, to record this, maybe, maybe an hour or two hours ago, it was announced that Teddy Bridgewater is going on IR, which means Drew Locke is probably going to start this game. And the difference between the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater versus the Broncos with Drew Locke very different. I was not really willing to bet the the Chiefs at minus 10 against Teddy Bridgewater and was considering the Broncos in that spot. Now that I know it's Drew Locke, who himself has a bit of an injury that he's going to be working with, Kansas City all day. I'm happy to lay the points. I don't care that it's mile high. I don't I don't care divisional game. Uh the, the magic is lost last week after they lose to the Bengals. I don't care about any of that. The Chiefs Right now, against a Drew Lock offense, I'm laying it all day. If this number was 14, I would lay it. I would look at the alt lines. This is just not going to be a, a good spot for Denver, given who is playing quarterback for them. So Chiefs are on the card as well. Last one, total. I said the, the Chiefs were my, my last side. I would be looking here. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen uh, in, in this Green Bay-Detroit game. I have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. If he's not going to play, what I've heard from a person who talked to another person who talked to, you know, a source they have in the on the team. So, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. But what mm-hmm. I've heard is that Rodgers will start the game. Adams will start the game. They'll play a little bit, but they're not going to play heavy minutes that, you know, they'll be probably done by halftime. If that, maybe they'll only play the first quarter. Uh, they have their reasons for doing this is what I've been told. Uh, I won't get into their rationale or, or what they're you know trying to do, but if my information that I've heard is correct, they're going to play for a little bit, but not play a majority of the game. That kind of wipes out trying to figure out a play on the side, at least for me, because I think Detroit has been really, really live in these games, uh, the Seattle outcome uh, notwithstanding. I think they've been really competitive, and I 
you know that they the, the way that team is coached, you know they're going to be fired up. Week 18, way, way out of the playoff picture. Who cares? Let's go bite some Green Bay kneecaps. Last week of the season, let's get a big win. Let's go out on a high note. You know that's what these this team is going to be playing for, okay? So I would be very careful betting on the side here either way. Knowing the personnel, knowing what each team has to play for, I'd be very careful. I do like the under. This screams under to me. Detroit is 5-2 and two to the under when the total is less than 45. The number here is 44.5. This is a zone where both teams go under, but especially Detroit. And it just feels to me like Green Bay, even if Rodgers does play, shorten the game as few snaps as possible, no injuries, divisional game, let's get in and out, low scoring, run the ball, running clock, yada, yada, yada. So this to me is an under. It's not my favorite play of the week, but I do think the under is the right side and I will be betting accordingly. A couple other notes on games that I'm not betting. Uh, first of all, Giants, Washington, just come on, get talk to somebody. Like, that. don't bet that game. That's... That's just, I mean, you can't lay a touchdown with Washington on the road. I don't know how many more times you need to be burned by this Giants team this year to know that both that they suck and that just they're kind of given up, it seems like. I mean, I was a Joe Judge believer. I was defending him like a month ago. Some of the shit he says in press conferences, I cannot believe. I mean, it's it's just... It's icky. They need to clean house and start over. This is not going well. The roster's bad. There's just no hope. I mean, there's the stat. The Giants haven't had a winning record at any point in the last five years. I don't even understand how that stat's possible. At any point. Not like not even 1-0 after week one. At no point have they had a winning record. Crazy stat. So I would stay away from that one completely. Bengals, Browns, I don't know how you back the Browns after that Pittsburgh game. They don't have anything to play for. Half the roster seems injured, and you've got to lay points with them. But we don't know who's playing for the Bengals. They might sit Joe Burrow. They might sit everybody, try to keep them healthy for the playoffs. So I would stay away from that one as well. Chicago, Minnesota feels like both the coaches are going to be fired You know, five days from now. So I've seen a little bit of steam on the Bears there. I can read the number and appreciate what people are doing, but I'm not willing to put my own money there. Atlanta plus the four and a half at home is probably the best of, of all of these options. Uh, I, New Orleans is a road favorite and, and laying a number like four and a half where you're through multiple key numbers there too. Like that seems kind of dumb. I mean, I, I understand that New Orleans has something to play for, but I would not be willing to, uh, to lay that kind of, lay that kind of price with the Saints on the road, divisional opponent. And Atlanta has been like weirdly frisky in some of these games. The problem is they have not covered all year in Atlanta. So you can't really bat the Falcons here if you're asking for my opinion, but that is probably the best of, of the rest of them. The Panthers plus eight are interesting. Okay. The Panthers in Tampa plus eight are interesting. I'm not going to bet it. I don't think, but I have heard that Tampa is going to sit everybody, okay? I've heard that a bunch of starters, including Brady, are not going to play. A bunch of their offensive pieces are hurt. They're going to try to get them healthy. And so you're going to have basically 
Carolina starters versus Tampa backups. Now you might hear that and think, I'd still take Tampa's backups. That's a very complete roster, and Carolina's playing like dog shit the last three months. And I'd be hard-pressed to argue with you, which is why I'm not taking this game. But the Panthers getting eight, if if it's true that Tampa's not you know, going to play any other starters, that's, that's a lot of points against backups. So I would consider maybe Carolina plus eight there, or maybe just Carolina on the money line at plus 300. Dallas is a seven-point favorite in Philadelphia. That's just a wait and see for me. I've heard that Philadelphia has COVID problems. I would be very careful betting on Philadelphia plus the seven, given that uh, it's it seems like both teams don't have a ton of wiggle room in terms of where they're going to end up. So there's not a, much of an angle there either. I would just wait and see if you can get Dallas at a shorter number because we know all year that the Sharps have liked to bet Philadelphia. Uh, if anything, I would look at the Dallas first half line because Philadelphia has been abysmal covering first half numbers. I want to say they haven't covered a first half number in like three months. So maybe Dallas uh, minus the four or whatever they are on the first half line. Last game is 49ers Rams. And this is a spot, I, I keep this short. This is a spot where traditionally I would like to bet San Francisco plus the four. There's certainly money coming in on San Francisco. That line is going down. Uh, we, I have talked at length about the uh, schematic advantages that Kyle Shanahan enjoys against the Rams and why they so consistently seem to own this team, even when the 49ers are bad and the Rams are good. Uh, this is a scenario where San Francisco kind of needs this game more than LA. So add that into it as well. The problem is, I don't know how you watch the 49ers offense and Trey Lance last week and decide, hey, they need a fourth quarter surge to beat the Texans at home. Now they're going to go on the road and beat L.A. You're going to have the Aaron Donald defensive interior pressure against Trey Lance when he struggled against Houston last week. That I, I just I'm struggling to see that. So I'm saying that knowing that they're going to come out and beat LA because that's just what they do. So I mean, maybe a small play on like the 49ers money line for the outright win, but I'm just, even given how much I like betting this trend, it, there's just way too many good opportunities elsewhere on the board for me to risk uh, betting Lance like this. So maybe a small position on the 49ers money line, but that's probably it. That is your NFL week 18 slate. Remember to get that FCS championship bet in And let me know what you're betting. Uh, Hit us up at the Lions Edge on Twitter. Let me know what you're betting. Let me know what your positions are for this final week of the regular season. Looking forward to talking playoffs and the FBS National Championship game next week. I've got a line on a guest that I think you guys are going to like for Monday's episode. Don't hold me to that, but I do think it's going to work out. We will talk then. One final note for you here at the end. Uh, I noticed that Spotify is finally allowing users to give podcast reviews. So if you're like me and you listen to your podcasts on Spotify, please do me this favor. Head over to Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. That really helps grow the podcast. And we really like making money for people. And we're pretty good at it, I think. So do me that favor. And I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to the Lion's Edge podcast. We will be back to discuss everything next Monday.